Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Shepard, George Kurtz, hour number two of this radio program, leading you up to uh, 10 a.m. East Coast time, where you do have college football today. Uh, here on FNTSY Radio. Be sure to tune in for that. And stay tuned to FNTSY all day and through Sunday for all the coverage you need of fantasy sports, fantasy football, especially on the docket here. Week 7 games as we are into the 1 p.m.s here and making our way through to the game of the day, George. Well, maybe not the game of the day, but a fun one. The Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's time for no defense and lots of points. Uh, as we get uh, Baker Mayfield under center against this Tampa Bay defense. And I guess the question here is, what do you make of Nick Chubb in this matchup? Is this a, a lock and load where you think it's uh, a bad defense against the run and might as well get him in there? Or do you see some growing pains for the youngster uh, in the backfield? Well, first off, Dan, I, I've made a life decision. Just made during the commercial break. Okay. okay. I see. On. That, yeah. No one won the Mega Millions. So it's... Uh, <laughs> It's $1.6 billion, the next drawing. B- b- billion, one, billion, with one, a B. What a joke. Uh, $1.6 billion. All right, so uh, I've decided I'm going to play, and I'm going to win. So this, nice. will, this will be my last show. Oh, I guess I'll have to do it tomorrow, too, because I don't think it drawings till next week. So I'll, I'll do tomorrow's yeah, show, Tuesday. too. Tuesday. So I'll do, I'll do tomorrow's show. And, uh, but I've decided I'm going to win. So uh, nice working with you. And I'll take my $1.6 billion or whatever after taxes, you know, can a I get, couple hundred um, thousand. Can I get like a 0.001% cut of that? Seems reasonable, right? Dan, if I win $1.6 billion, you can get your <laughs> 0.001 cut. No problem. Excellent. No problem at all. $1.6 billion. I mean, come on. I, mean, oh, I really hope one person doesn't win this whole. Spread the uh, wealth a little bit. Uh, actually, we'll play, though. No, uh, really no choice now. Uh, I forgot to play last night. Anyway, uh, so for those out there, there's a little PSA for you. Nobody won the, uh, uh, nobody won the, the big prize yet. Uh, and we're talking about Cleveland. Well, if you got Chubb, maybe you did win the big prize. Look, See, I tie it all in, Dan. I'm a professional. Tie it all in. Uh, so, uh, Nick Chubb, you're starting him tomorrow. I don't think there's any doubt that you're starting him tomorrow. Okay, uh, he's the starting running back for Cleveland. It's not, he's not someone, oh, my God, he just got the starting job. He won't be able to play or know the offense. He's been there all year. He'll know the offense fine. He'll be great. Tampa Bay can't stop anybody. This is one of those games where if you have a player on the Browns and you're not starting him tomorrow, why do you have that player? I mean, really, why? Yeah, uh, I know Landry's been disappointing this year, not getting the uh, quite amount of touches uh, or receptions as we're used to, but that was to be expected. You know, he doesn't didn't have Ryan Tannehill throwing to him anymore, and Tannehill always looked for him. You know, B- Baker Mayfield tends to throw want to throw the ball deeper into the secondary. Not a shock there. Uh, Duke Johnson, you know, if you weren't able to get Chubb and Duke Johnson was out there, 
it's not a bad second get. He should get more touches as well here in this offense. So uh, I'm starting Duke Johnson tomorrow. Tampa Bay, it's sort of the same thing. Uh, one thing that was proven last week is that Winston, although he uh, Cameron Braid used to be his BFF, he's using O.J. Howard more. O.J. Howard's the better player. He's the better overall player. I'll say this again. i said it 100 times. I'll never understand why the Bucks. Two things. If you want to sign Brait long-term, then don't draft Howard. You know, go in another way. And once you drafted Howard, you can't sign Brait long-term. It just made no sense. You're eating up salary cap space. You know, this is before the salary cap, then fine. Spend your money any way you want to. But that was just stupid to do that. Uh, Howard's the guy you want over Brait uh, when they're both healthy there. I'm starting at, of course, starting Evans. Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, they're a little bit more uh, iffy. You know, Jackson needs to hit that big play. And, man, if he catches that lateral last week, they beat Atlanta. You know, that yeah. lat- it was a bad lateral. It wasn't Jackson's fault, mind you. It was a bad lateral throw. But if that throw's on target or anywhere near on target, Jackson scores. Tampa hey, Wayne George, wins that did game. You see the breakdown? Did you see the breakdown of that from PFF, from Pro Football Focus on Twitter? Um, so, I did. Like, that, I did. That was amazing. Like, that play, the way they designed it, if, you go, if you're listening, go to Twitter, search it. It was a rugby play. So it was very specifically a, a rugby play of where the routes were being run behind the runner, behind Jameis Winston. And it's just crazy to see that if he made the right decision, timing-wise, that's that's six. Like, that's an easy six. It should have um, worked. It yep. should have worked. I mean, you're absolutely right there. So I'm starting Jackson. I'm, I am more than likely starting Godwin as well. Uh, Winston doesn't look to him as much as Fitzpatrick did, but he's scoring touchdowns. So maybe that's his role in this offense where he's going to Winston looks for him in the red zone. Good enough for me. Pretty much, like I said, everybody starts here, including Peyton Barber. Yeah, with Winston back on the center, all of a sudden Barber had his best game of the season. I understand it came against Atlanta, a team that has no defense. But still, that 100-yard game, he's holding off Ronald Jones. Or maybe not holding off Ronald Jones, just may have, have issues of his own. But I'm starting Barber as well here. I, yeah, Barber's... If you look at Football Outsiders uh, DVOA, Cleveland's pass defense is ranked third overall, meaning uh, in, in a positive light. We've heard the talent is there. We know that the secondary plays a little deeper than some of them would prefer, and we know those different pieces. And you have to take matchups into consideration here. But the Cleveland defense has improved, but the rush rank is down there at 24th. Uh, so I do think of the pieces – I do like Barber uh, as a potential play here that goes under the radar from a DFS perspective. Deshaun Jackson had a dominant game last week, though he didn't score. You look at air yards and all those things, and uh, he was you know part of Winston's game plan, and I think he will be here again. Um, on the Cleveland side of the ball, I love uh, Baker. I-, I love Landry. I think Duke Johnson is intriguing as sort of the-, the pivot off of Nick Chubb, who will probably be highly owned in DFS because of uh, the trade, because of the price tag, because of the matchup. And then I think Njuku is, is a, a fun play as well at, at tight end. If you want to go with the onslaught uh, for Cleveland, just uh, stack him up and, and hope for a gigantic game against Tampa Bay. You won't be alone, one. But two, I think it's viable here, and, and you have some price points that make it worthwhile uh, in this contest. It could end up ugly. It could end up with Mayfield with a ton of picks, Winston with the same, and this could be a, a, an ugly game back and forth because these are two teams. I think heading in opposite directions skill-wise, I do think the Browns are getting better and better each week and will be even better next year. Um, and I think, as you pointed out, the way this roster is constructed for the Bucks is a bit of a mess uh, as they move forward. But uh, for DFS purposes this weekend, I like this game a lot, as I'm sure many, many other people do as well. Uh, let's uh, continue on here. We get uh, Houston and Jacksonville up next. Made mention of Houston's offensive line earlier. We talked at length about Jacksonville adding 
Carlos Hyde via trade. Obviously, don't think he'll be any sort of a factor. I haven't seen any notes saying they're going to try to dress him this week. Uh, so that makes TJ Yeldon still your, your bell cow, at least for one more week for Jacksonville. The Houston Texans uh, with Deshaun Watson have struggled. Uh, ha- you obviously have uh, great receiving opportunities there uh, for DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller when healthy. Uh, and then you have some uh, up-and-comers as well uh, from the wide receiver core who have started to get some targets. W- what say you on this one, George? Does this one break down nicely for some season-long starts and some guys that you want to target? First, Carlos Hyde. If I'm a Carlos Hyde owner, I'd market him. I'd oh, yeah. market him while the marketing is hot because uh, we talked about it early on the show. And I agree with you. I don't think he plays tomorrow. Or if he does, it's, it's limited at best. He can't. There's no way he can know the protections to protect the Blake Portals on the Blitzes. He can't know it that quick. Uh, so he, And then next week, all right, he'll get a smattering of touches, but not a full-time role. Then they have to buy. Now, I have to assume Fournette's back after that. That's almost a month. And he's been questioned almost every week since then. So I have to assume Fournette's back after that, and he's just a glorified, very good backup. Uh, I don't think he's going to take the study role from Fournette. I think there's insurance as a better running back than Yeldon in case Fournette gets hurt again. So I'm marketing the height. Seems good equal value for him for somebody who uh, believes he's going to be the next big thing in Jacksonville because I'm not buying that. All right. Uh, Bortles. Not starting Bortles. I know uh, I know Houston has a terrible secondary. I get it. But I can't start him as a streamer over I mean, another top 12 back. He's just been way too inconsistent. Can't I can't do it. And pretty much takes all his royal, his, yeah, his tight ends out of consideration as well. Uh, Cole, Moncrief, uh, Westbrook. I can see Westbrook being a flex play, but that's it. Uh, it's going to be hard to trust this. I think Jacksonville will be angry after what happened in Dallas last week. I mean, I'm a Cowboy fan. Any Cowboy fan who told you they saw it last week coming is lying. All right, no way anybody saw that. I don't know. Jacksonville just fell apart. They looked like they didn't care. They weren't trying as hard. That one play we've seen over and over again with Cole Beasley catches the pass at about the 10 and runs into the end zone, and Jalen Ramsey and Barry Church, neither player goes after him. Neither player dives for him. They both made business decisions. Uh, more Ramsey than Church. It's just strange. You know, they, like, they, they, they just gave up, so not a good sign there. But you have to think at home, they'll be angry tomorrow. Deshaun Watson, I mean, you heard the, the promo where I keeps making uh, not making fun, but uh, in that Dallas game where they kept checking his heart, he's better. You know, I think last week, I think he was still banged up last week, and we saw that he had a very you know, uninspiring game for Deshaun Watson. But I think he's back to being healthy. Uh, I'm not dying to start him here. I'm not. He's not in my top 12. I still think he is banged up. It's against a good Jacksonville defense. On the road, I don't think Watson has a big game. The only player I'm starting here or that I automatically start for Houston is Hopkins, he, and he always starts. Will Fuller still banged up. Uh, Kiki QT, not think, feeling him. Lamar Miller, I hate. I hate him going into the season. Uh, if Foreman was healthy and he hasn't been cleared yet, I think he may have the starting job by now. You know, and now I wonder if it, it won't be until next year now with uh, Dr. Foreman. Just, it's taking too long here. But Miller just has nothing left. He's not even an average running back. He's a slow, plodding, blah. That's really what he is. If you're starting him, I hope it's as a flex play because you just don't have anything better. But he doesn't even have a rushing touchdown this year, and I don't see that changing tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, I went. Uh, we talked about it on Twitter uh, to an extent with Steve G about uh, Foreman. And the, the Achilles injury obviously is a concern. How long it's taking him to get back this year uh, is a, a continuing concern. Uh, I did take him in, in best ball, but uh, Lamar Miller is just so bad. Like, just you, you watch him play and – 
it's a, a situation where the money spent on him comparatively to to even any other back uh, for Houston with the skill set they have at wide receiver tends to make you wonder what could have been if they hadn't invested in Lamar Miller uh, as their, their every down back. I agree that I don't know what Foreman's going to do this year. And is there a better name right now in football than Kiki QT? I mean, it's just one of those that's fun to say. Um, I, there are others, I'm sure, but uh, it's up there with like uh, TJ Hushmanzada back in the day uh, uh, for me. Kiki QT. Championship. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> such a good commercial. Such a well, well done commercial. But uh, nonetheless, I... Uh, I love, love, love DeAndre Hopkins as a football player, and what he does each and every week is just astonishing. Uh, so obviously, as George said, this is a, a week to to not change anything and, and go after starting him, but I don't see this one uh, really pushing any sort of offensive records uh, in this matchup, George, one where uh, you look at the, the line, it's an over-under now of 41. Um Started at 43, opened at 43, dropped two points of 41. Each team has lost a point. Uh, Texans went from 19.5 to 18.5, and Jacksonville dropped from uh, 23.5 to 22.5, a minus four uh, for Jacksonville. Any interest in pumping the over here? Like maybe thinking that this shoots out a little bit more than Vegas sees at present? Uh, 41 seems too low a point even to, to bet the under on this one because there are enough offensive pieces um, for me, at least. But uh, do you see any viability to going over the 41 now that that's a live over-under number? I do like the under. I think Jacksonville is going to uh, – you have to think. Maybe I want to hope as a you know a fan that Jacksonville comes out and is just is angry after what happened in Dallas. And they performed sort of like Dallas did last week. They just destroy the Texans. The Texans can't get anything going offensively. I want to think that this team has some pride. And that what happened in Dallas last week can't happen. That's a Dallas team that has no offense, and yet they they, they wrecked you. And that that can't happen. I'm sorry, that just can't happen. Dallas does have a good defense. I can see them keeping you in check offensively, but they can't be going up and down the field on you. I think Jacksonville has to have some pride and takes it out on the other Texas team this week. So I do like the under. But that being said, I'm also worried that this is the week. All of a sudden, it's two return two return touchdowns. Because of how angry they are, they get a fumble return, interception return. So uh, that's why the overrun is always scary. You mentioned the uh, you know the garbage time scores late, but also defensive scores just knock that overrun. They're out of whack here. I think Jackson wins this game sort of going away here, but I I, just, I don't think Houston gets much going offensively. I think Watson is banged up. They have no running game, so it's going to be it's really limit Hopkins and you limit what Houston can do. Because even Watson, I think they're gonna, they want to keep him in check now. Don't want him running because he's another one of these quarterbacks who doesn't know when to get down. And he takes hits that you just cannot take. You're not built like Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger. And even those guys get hurt. You're not that big. So uh, I think they're going to try to keep him in check to try and keep him healthy because he's not healthy. He's better, but he's nowhere near 100%. Uh, To go back to the poll we had posted at the top of the show, uh, favorite QB for a GPP, we listed Goff, Mayfield, Flacco, Brock Osweiler haven't talked uh, Flacco as of yet and have talked the other three. And obviously there are other quarterbacks that uh, some may be starting. Uh, you make mention of, of some cheaper options uh, as well. But uh, currently Goff and Mayfield tied at 31%. So Goff at 6,600, Mayfield at 5,800. Then you have Flacco in third at 26%. And uh, 
Brock, the Brock party back there at 12% uh, at 4,900. Not surprising that uh, he is in last place out of those four listed, but the uh, polls, polls still open. We'll check back on that uh, as we uh, finish out the show over the next 40 minutes or so. And don't forget, next segment, we will open up the phone lines if you uh, need to talk to us. We would love to hear from you. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Feel free to call in with any questions. And as always, over on Twitter, uh, feel free to ask at FNTSY Radio at Dan Strafford, and at George Kurtz. Uh, As we continue on here to our first 4 o'clock game of three, New Orleans and Baltimore, George, and we'll take this to the other side of the break. Don't want you feeling uh, pressure here to get it all out. Uh, New Orleans at 4-1, Baltimore 4-2. Baltimore's offense has been a little bit more dynamic than maybe some predicted coming into the year. New Orleans on the road is always a question mark. Drew Brees outside the dome as his career has gone on, has struggled a bit more than he does at home. Uh, do you see any reason to sit any Saints that you might start in the Dome uh, here in this matchup? Yeah, only three 4 o'clock games tomorrow. Somewhat disappointing. Uh, I guess good for me. I get to watch all three. It makes life a little easier during the radio show. But still, wish there was more action going on. Uh, I mean, it is outside the Dome. It's in Baltimore. It's a good Ravens defense. So there are definitely going to be some issues here with the Saints. He's still starting Drew Brees. Uh, the Kamara and Ingram, you can relax Kamara owners. I think they were just using last, uh, the last time they played as an extra bye week for Kamara. Give them sort of two weeks off here. They didn't need them that day. I think now they go back to being what their offense always has been uh, or was last year. A split between the two, an even split where they'll both end up being top ten backs. I'm not all that worried about Kamara and Ingram. Plenty still to get to on this game and on this slate. Three games to uh, close out on, and we'll talk some DFS and wagering in the final uh, segment, of course. Don't forget, 844-843-6879, the phone number to call in. The phone lines open up in the next segment right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. go, Dan Trevor, George Kurtz. Uh, we are in hour number two of the Fantasy Sports uh, today here on FNTSY. Phone lines are open for this segment. This segment alone, so get in now, 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. And as always, over at FNTSY Radio on the Twitter sphere. We continue on as uh, keep an eye on our poll. Uh, Jared Goff has polled ahead of Baker Mayfield as uh, favorite GPP play this weekend. We will get to that contest momentarily. Still on New Orleans and Baltimore. You just had uh, George with his Camara uh, take uh, along with Mark Ingram. And now we look at the rest of the, the pieces in this game. Anybody stand out uh, as a, a, a sit here, George? Anybody that you think uh, has uh, potential to be benched uh, in this matchup for one reason or another? Well, I mean, uh, you look at the raw receivers for uh, New Orleans outside of Michael Thomas. Well, I'm not starting Ben Watson. Uh, Trey Quan Smith and Cam Meredith. I like them both long term. Not so much tomorrow. 
That's the problem. Uh, and I think you need to grab these guys soon. If they're still available on your waiver wire, you want to grab them now before they do something and you can't grab them, at least not cheaply. So go out and grab them both. But uh, I don't know if I want to start either one tomorrow. Uh, Ted Ginn's on the IR. I think it's going to open up things for, for Meredith. I think, I think Meredith will be more consistent with Traquan being a more explosive. So you get some big games out of Traquan Smith. But I think Meredith now is over his injury, the ACL, where he's got now comfort with Drew Brees. And I expect both of them have really nice second halves here. So those are both guys I want, but probably not in not my lineup tomorrow. For Baltimore, I think Crabtree's going to see a lot of Lattimore which could leave some uh, some deep opportunities to John Brown, but he needs to connect on those, and lately they haven't. If John Brown does connect on a deep ball, not as valuable uh, week in and week out. Once again, explosive play, not consistency there. Willie Sneed, uh, the revenge factor, has to get into the end zone, right? No, it didn't work last week with Marshawn Lynch. Not sure it worked with Sneed either. Bottom line is this. You know, are you starting Mike Thomas out of the receivers? I'm probably starting uh, Crabtree in PPR. Going to have to there. Not feeling anybody else. Meredith, Traquan, Sneed, uh, even John Brown. They all ha- do have some value. If you ask me which one of those four I would start, it would be Brown. I think it would be Brown and Sneed. I would go with the Baltimore guys first. New Orleans defense hasn't played anywhere near as well as they have last season. It's on the road. Baltimore has a better passing game than in past years. But I'm not really feeling it other than the Stars. Makes sense. Uh, I think this will be a fun game to watch. I do... Uh worry a bit about breeze outside the dome as far as dfs is uh, concerned uh don't think he's really in play from that antic upside uh each and every week at 5700 uh you do have uh, some cheaper options you have joe flacco on the other side of this one at 5400 against new orleans who has tons of upside against this new orleans defense so uh we will keep an eye on that taking a quick look at uh, the over-under and some of the finer points of potential wagering, you have 26.25 implied total for Baltimore, 23.75 for New Orleans. It's a 50 over-under uh, with the Baltimore Ravens minus 2.5. Anything uh, pique your interest there or staying away from this game from a wagering perspective? Probably staying away from a wagering perspective in this game. Uh, I think this is the game of the day. Uh, two uh, t- two first-place teams there. Uh you mentioned it earlier, and I agree. It's so hard to trust the Saints on the road. But I don't think Bolt was as good as they've been playing either. That over-under is like 50. That's a lot. You know, I'd be tempted to take the under there. I don't know if, uh, once again, New Orleans is not the same team. That seems to be an over-under. That's a, a, a Superdome uh, over-under. So yep. uh, bottom line is I'm, I'm staying away. I'm not going to take my chance on this game that New Orleans figures it out on the road. You know, in a game that was sort of similar, I did play with Giants earlier this year on the road. And you saw... They really didn't have a problem moving from 20s to 20s, but couldn't get to the end zone. They were held to field goals. And I wonder if this is going to be another game that's going to be similar to that, which is why the over-under is sort of intriguing for me for the under there. But bottom line is I'm not touching it. Yeah, I think from a DFS perspective, if you want to be, and I don't know ownership, I'll admit that I'm not somebody who can project ownership very well. You go to a different site that does it. The, the Baltimore defense here is intriguing. They're 2,400 on DraftKings, and you're looking for turnovers. You're not getting a shutout here. I'm not expecting them to you know, have that 10 points at the end of the game for, for a shutout, but you're looking for turnovers. And I think this is a defense that's playing really well right now. It's an offense that obviously everyone expects to put up gigantic points. I, I could see some turnovers here, and I, I think that's what you're chasing. 2,400 is, I would love to see them bottom basement at 2K, and, and then I would roll them out without question, but it's intriguing to me where, 
I, I may go that route in one or two GPP lineups and hope that, one, they are percentage points owned, uh, but also uh, have some turnover upside uh, in this matchup. Have to dig into that a little bit more over the course of today and tomorrow. Uh, let's continue on here, game by game breakdown. Uh, we are in the four clocks, and we are moving on. Uh, to the L.A. Rams at 6-0 and and a team on the other side of the ledger, uh, San Francisco at 1-5. Obviously, the injury to their star quarterback uh, taking a big toll on the 49ers, but uh, some pieces here not really playing up to the skill set we may have seen last season at the end of the year. Uh, a matchup that you would expect the Rams to roll on, and uh, obviously Goff has taken over the lead in our poll of uh, GPP plays. Uh, 31 implied total, 21 implied total for San Francisco. A minus 10 spread, 52 over under in this contest. You start your studs, so you're pretty much starting the entire L.A. Rams offense, right, George? This is one where uh, everyone gets their share. I saw an interesting, uh, I think it was... uh, trying to remember who it was. I, I want to credit properly, but LA basically runs their offense out of the same set every time. Every, like It's not, they're not shifting. They're not uh, going to three wide, four wide. They're not going to a mixed backfield. It's almost the same set every time they line up. And that has changed the way defenses play against them because typically you think about football. Oh, we're going to mix it up. We're going to show them different sets and they're not going to know what's coming. Unfortunately, NFL teams tip their hands, and over time, they they run the same set for a specific play, uh, and defenses catch up. The Rams are just running the same offensive set, meaning where the guys are set on the line of scrimmage every time, and running multiple plays out of there. Um, obviously, Sean McVay has been a, an innovator for the LA Rams, but pretty intriguing to see how they're innovating by sort of going against the grain uh, when it's come to uh, typical thinking in the NFL. But uh, start your studs, right? So all the Rams are in. Anybody from San Francisco that you think has some upside here uh, that, that might be worthwhile? Yeah, the, the only Ram question mark would be Josh Reynolds. Once again, if you're, uh, you're sort of stuck this week uh, with your bye weeks, you don't have a, a deeper uh, wide receiver core, Josh Reynolds is a possible start there taking over for Cooper Cup. As for the 49ers, uh, you know, Danny, are you a Matthew Berry fan? That is a very loaded question in this industry. Um, I am uh, a – I respect the hell out of him. I am not necessarily a fan of his product. I like Matthew Berry. Uh, I like his writing. He make, makes me laugh. And I, I watch the uh, the fantasy show uh, uh, from time to time. And uh, I bring up Matthew Berry because he went on a, a pretty epic rant this week on his, uh, his podcast and on the show because all he needed was .9 points. So he needed one point from Alfred Morris last week. One point on Monday night. And he didn't get it. And it was it was a hilarious rant. And he's absolutely right. I mean, uh, he got he got screwed over. So did every other fantasy owner who started Morris. And I advised everyone to start Morris as well. You know, I don't own him anywhere, but I I would have started him as well. I mean, who saw most of coming out of nowhere to do what he did? Uh, and Morris not to get a touch. Uh, he did get one touch. He actually uh, would have won uh, Barry's week, but it was called back on a holding penalty, so he didn't get the points that Barry needed. So uh, now Morris is starting on a depth chart. You know, although Shanahan said that might not uh, stay for long, doesn't you know, whatever. Uh, the only running back I'm going to start for San Fran is Breda. That's it. I'm not touching Mostert, not touching Morris. No, thank you. Uh, good win starts for me here. You can throw on the Rams. We've seen that over and over again this year. I'm not starting uh, C.J. Beathard, Beathard. No, thank you. But uh, I will start Goodwin in this game. Looks like he's back. He's healthy. You can plug him into your lineup here. Uh, bottom line is this. San Fran, 
you mentioned them, what the records are. Rams are winning the game. The question is how many points they're going to score and how much fantasy good that you can get out of Breida and Goodwin. I think because they'll be trailing, you can get enough that both these guys are starters for you. Uh, that's uh, what about this spread here? Is it uh, minus ten? Feel right to you? Is that where you, you think it uh, comes in line? Listen, I give the 49ers all the credit in the world for how they played against Green Bay. Played a very good game, but Green Bay's a flawed team. You know, the Rams. <laughs> that that that's 49ers secondary is putrid, really bad. I think the Rams can score at will. All right, so I'll take the I'll give the points here. Uh, I'll give the nine and a half. I'm taking the Rams here. I think they win this game going away. The over under though, I mean, fifty two and a half. I'm I think I'm still taking the over here as well because I, I think the Rams could score thirty eight by themselves. It wouldn't shock you to get to the forties here. And the forty nine ers because they'll be throwing over and over. You got Kittle. You got Goodwin. I mentioned Brady. I think they'll be able to score seventeen, eighteen. You know, twenty one points there. So give me the over and the Rams. All right, there you have it. Uh, one more game here in uh, the 4 o'clocks, and that, uh, George, we get to talk about your Dallas Cowboys. And this is a NFC East game. I will say it again, and I, I have not done the numbers, and I may be completely wrong with anecdotal evidence, but we've talked here a few different times. Divisional games are different. NFC East games are different. So sort of take a lot of statistics and, and use them, uh, but also maybe a, a, an asterisk next to them that uh, things can go sideways in these games pretty quickly from a defensive perspective and just how these games are called. You hear it anecdotally, but these teams know each other. Uh, they play each other twice a year. Uh, they are battling for divisional lead here uh, between these two squads with Washington in first by a half game, three and two on the year. And then you have Cowboys and Eagles both at three and three, the Giants uh, all the way back there at one and five. You know, this is a, a, a matchup that should have uh, some intriguing pieces to it. But wondering your take here, confidence level from a Dallas Cowboys perspective going into Washington, is this a game you think the Cowboys win, or, or do you think this is a game that the Redskins come away with the W? Well, for the Cowboys, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to win. It's really that simple. You haven't won a game on the road this year, haven't really played well on the road this year. And, you know, you look, didn't look all that great in Carolina, didn't look all that great in Houston, and I don't even remember the other low road, road loss, but I'm sure you didn't look great there either. You're 0-3 on the road, you're 3-0 at home. You're playing a Washington team that is banged up, to say the least. Uh, no Jameson Crowder. Probably no Paul Richardson. Not that either one's great, but they're going down to Maurice Harris and Josh Doxson. I mean, there's just not much here. The irony of ironies is that Jordan Reed is healthy. Go figure, but he's not doing much this year. Uh, Adrian Peterson banged up with the shoulder, going to play. Chris Thompson, game-time decision, questionable at best, as he's hurt. Alex Smith is not running this year, and everything is short. Yeah, he's gone back to check down Alex, what he always was here. This Washington offense is just not there. It's just not there. Uh, the Cowboy offense isn't there either. It hasn't been there all year. It's Ezekiel a little bust. But they would seem to have more than what Washington has, and their defense is better. So uh, this is a game that the Cowboys have to win. I mean, uh, they, they just do. They're a better defense. They have, they're the healthiest they've been all year, and they're healthiest they're probably going to be all, be all year. I think this game is a, uh, a slugfest, and I mean that defensively. Yeah, you know, I don't think either team can really score massively on the other without the offense making mistakes, turning the ball over. I think there'll be a bunch of three and outs in this game. You know, whether it be punt city. Uh so I think it'll be boring old time football, seventeen fourteen, seventeen thirteen, somewhere around uh, around that range. I do think the Cowboys win. I think they are the better team. Uh than Washington. I don't I don't think either one's a great team by any means. The fact that one of these teams uh will probably be in first place in the division after this week, really tells you more about the division than anything else. The AFC South is probably the worst division in football, 
NFC East is not that far behind. Uh, I do think Philadelphia is the best team in this division. We just haven't seen them hit their stride yet. Uh, so bottom line, fantasy-wise, you're starting Elliott. You want to start Cole Beasley? I mean, okay, he had the big game last week. I don't think uh, they're going to put Josh Norman on where he's going to cover the slot. I doubt it. I think I would consider that if I was Washington. You know, I, I, me, if you're paying a quarterback that much money, he's starting against the other team's best receiver. And he's lining up. He's traveling. But I don't think they'll do that. They have proven in the past they generally don't, and Beasley's a slot guy. So if you're in a PPR and you want to put Beasley in there, see if you can do it again, okay. But I'm not feeling it there for you. For Washington, you have to start Peterson. You're probably starting Thompson if he starts for Washington. You'll we'll need to watch the 11:30 game day inactives. But obviously he'll be a, a gamble. And there's nobody in the passing game. You know, I'm not starting anyone Jordan other than Jordan Reed. You probably have no choice there. And how many fantasy owners were throwing things at the TV? Last week, when Vernon Davis catches the touchdown pass from Alex Smith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, we do uh, trying to keep track of these games, and I'm trying to do a better job each week when it is a divisional game, especially the NFC East, I feel like, uh, is one that anecdotally becomes a little bit more, as George said, uh, stu- you know, silly phrase to an extent, but the, the old school football, like the idea of defense first and punts and, and field position battles. Um, I think this is going to be one of them, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. So not many uh, DFS pieces from this one for me. Uh, Also, Chris Thompson, Peterson, both injured. Not sure what Washington does in the backfield. I know Peterson more likely to play than Chris Thompson is, uh, but uh, that's going to be something intriguing to watch, especially if you're in a a seasonal league where you can keep editing your lineups up until uh, the game start, the individual game start. So keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on any news that comes out for you there. But uh, this will not be a game that really makes its uh, way onto any television I'm near uh, on Sunday. So I will uh, let this be uh, old school football for, for somebody else. I'd honestly rather watch the uh, Rams play uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, I dig the offense. Yes, I'm one of those who uh, enjoy more offense in football than I do uh, defense. I, trust me, I love defensive plays that, that are, are skilled, uh, but uh, not somebody who wants to watch a, a 12 to 9 uh, kicker fest when it all is said and done. All right, so that is it for the 4 o'clocks. Quick takes here on the 8 o'clock game. We have Cincinnati, Kansas City, George. Uh, and this is a, a one that obviously has our highest-scoring offense in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes coming off uh, a so-so game. The, you know, regression uh, can happen at any time. Uh, and obviously, for the Kansas City Chiefs going uh, into New England, losing uh, he had a good game stat-wise, obviously putting up 40 points uh, as an offense, but uh, seemed a little bit more hesitant uh, in decision-making, made some poor throws, uh, not uh, too surprising against Belichick. Uh, do you see a bounce back here against Cincinnati for Pat Mahomes? As uh, George, do we see a bounce back from uh, Patrick Mahomes in this one? Yeah, I think we do. You know, I think uh, I think everybody eats this week. It's a cha-ching game, right? I mean, everyone's going to score. It's in Kansas City. I think Mahomes will be fine. He was out. Into the first quarter, he was fine in New England. Yes, he missed a couple of wide-open uh, players. That could have been touchdowns there. Maybe he was a little amped up playing New England, how great they are, Sunday night and all that. You look at Cincinnati. Uh, Mixon, there's no Gio Bernard, so Mixon gets all the carries. He goes. Uh, Azuma, CJ Azuma, tight end. He goes. He's healthy. He's playing. You're starting Tyler Boyd. You're starting AJ Green. So they're all going. I mean, even John, I'm not going John Rose. Uh, Kansas City, who aren't you starting there? 
I mean, you start Hunt, Mahomes, Watkins, Hill. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Kansas City can't stop anybody, and no one can stop them. It's really what it comes down to here. You know, Kansas City probably does defeat New England last week if they don't get up to that slow start where Mahomes is a little, like I said, a little amped up, throwing some high passes. Whenever a quarter, young, any quarterback, whenever he's throwing the ball high early in the game, generally that's nerves. It's nerves. He's got, he's got the extra energy, the adrenaline. That's why he's releasing the ball. I think it's what we saw that last week. He'll learn. You know, once again, he'll learn and he'll get better at that. So, uh, yeah, I love everybody. If you have a Bengal or a Chief in your lineup, this game's going over too. We'll talk about uh, some of the betting lines in uh, other games, Monday Night Football on this Sunday night game coming up after this break. We'll also break down uh, some DFS and other wagers we may be on uh, as we close out the show. College football today is coming up at the top of the hour. Keep it locked in here to uh, Fantasy Sports Radio. That's FNTSY, FNTSY Radio on Twitter, at Dan Travert, at George Kurtz. For any questions, coming back after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Sports today, Dan Stafford, George Kurtz, getting you ready for a week. Number seven in the NFL, little proclaimers here. Don't forget the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means that you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. You've heard a lot about the DailyRoto.com NFL DFS optimizer here on the Fantasy Sports Network and how its subscribers are winning tournament prizes on FanDuel DraftKings in the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and the seven $1 million winners they produce. Well, now you can double your pleasure and cash in on the NBA Daily Fantasy Party 2. If you're playing Daily Fantasy Sports and you aren't using the Daily Roto tools, projections, optimizers, you're doing it wrong and you're at a competitive disadvantage. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. DailyRoto.com, the site where millionaires are made. Uh, big fan of uh, Drew and Mike Leone and the whole crew over there at uh, Daily Roto. So uh, check them out uh, when you see fit. Uh, obviously, today is as good a day as any. Uh, George, oh, let's uh, close out. Any other thoughts on uh, this Kansas City-Cincinnati uh, game before we do talk uh, a tiny bit of Monday Night Football and then uh, some DFS? You know, I, I said I think it's going to be a game, another high-scoring game, Sunday night game, where we, we'll be, certainly be entertained. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think he is my, I don't think, he is my top streamer for this week. And I think you can use him on, uh, really, over some other quarterbacks there. So I think I was talking with Chris Mitchell, uh, our Chris Mitchell, who, uh, and I, we did a podcast earlier on, I think Thursday. And could you use Dalton over Brady? Was, uh, no, I can't. I can't make that kind of a thing, even though I do have him ranked higher than Brady. But just before, I, uh, I'm not sure about Khalil Mack players. If Khalil Mack was at full strength, I think I, I could consider this because I think Mack will make life difficult on Brady. But uh, other than that, no. I do like Dalton this week. I think he has a monster game here, as everyone seems to do against Casey. 
but I'm going to keep it within reason. And then the other question came up, of course, well, could you use him against uh, instead of Drew Brees? And in that case, yes, I can. Brees on the road. I don't. I Saints just a just a different offense on the road. I could start Dalton over Brees. I see that, and I I I think I'm going to have a few lineups that have that Ravens defense, uh, hoping for some Brees turnovers, some forced balls, and I I can see Brees having a bad game here, and a bad game for Brees is still two or three touchdowns and and probably over 300 yards passing simply because of the way they run that offense. But um, still think there could be some downside to, to Breeze on this week. And I think that Dalton has some definite upside comparatively uh, in that matchup. As we uh, close out the show here in our final segment, I uh, want to talk a bit about the Monday night football game. It's Giants. It is Falcons, the one and five Giants, the two and four Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta really fighting for their lives in the, uh, the South there, trying to uh, stay alive for the playoff hunt. Still time to do it, and obviously a nice get-right game here for them against New York, George, and one where uh, you would expect uh, the Falcons to take this one. I just I don't know how much life the Giants have left. I don't know what to expect from them uh, or to see in this contest that uh, has the markings of a team that cares. I think there'll be offense here for the Giants. I think Odell will have a good game. I think Saquon Barkley and and his uh, game uh, video game like moves will will have a good game as well. But I just see the Falcons running away with this one. Uh, how do you see it? Do you see that uh, the Falcons win this one? And and what pieces from a season long perspective would you uh, take into consideration here? Well, I, I don't know if the Falcons can run away with it. I I, just, I don't know if that Demons can run away from anybody. That's the problem here. They, they're not going to be able to cover Beckham, Shepard, uh, Evan Ingram's back. And all these guys are starting for me. Uh, as Eli Manning, I mean, the Giants should have moved on. They should have. He's not. He's nowhere near what he, what he used to be. His accuracy is not there. He's still he's still feeling the rush. And the offensive line's still not good. But the uh, skill position players are there. Uh, so I, I don't think the Falcons can run away from anybody, not with that defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think my problem is uh, twofold for the Falcons. One. Ridley, Sanu, both banged up. You know, Ridley's got the bone, the bone bruise. Uh, Sanu's got the hip. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhat risky to start either one of these guys because we're not going to know their complete health by game time Sunday when you have to make these decisions. You know, when you have other guys in your roster, you may want to use uh, ahead of these guys. So I think you're going to be very careful. Sanu didn't practice yesterday. You know, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. So do you want to risk a zero? Generally, Dan... I don't want to risk a zero, you know, unless I'm pretty positive that guy's going to play or the matchup is so good that uh, I'm willing to take a chance there. And Ridley, he did return to practice, limited. So I do, I do think he plays. So Ridley, I feel better about starting than I do Sanu uh, uh, in this game here. But it's, it's a problem there that you want to be aware of. And the running backs. All right, at least now we have some clarity, right? Freeman's out. On IR, we won't see him maybe until December. So he's gone. You know, neither Coleman or Smith has been looked all that great. What is Coleman's yard per carry 3.7, Smith's 3.2, but Smith is getting the goal line carry. He scored a touchdown three straight games here. Coleman right. did get a touchdown last week. I still have Coleman ranked higher than Smith. They both have value, but neither one do I expect to tear it up, which is concerning because everyone's worried about this pass game. So it's not like either one is seeing seven, uh, eight guys in the box. Hell, they're, barely, they're lucky if they're seeing seven guys in the box. So that's somewhat concerning to me, Dan, that we haven't seen this run game take off. For what should be, you know, great matchups week in and week out. Giants are decent against the run, not so much against the ball. Uh, they've had their issues against the pass. Um, I don't see Julio Jones getting his first touchdown this week. Shocking, I know. 
Oh, Julio Jones owners, uh, enjoy the yardage. <laughs> enjoy, the, enjoy the yardage. Um, it depends on how you take uh, most news Twitter feed. He did post a picture of some very uh, vibrant cleats uh, yesterday that were his game cleats. So if you want to take that as he's playing, feel free. I have no idea. Um, so we will see uh, what comes past Monday night. Injuries obviously will play a part in who you're starting here. Uh, hopefully, uh, you you from a season long perspective build your lineup correctly. It's not too dissimilar from uh, daily fantasy, where that utility really matters, or, or the flex position, I should say, uh, in football. Uh, make sure if you have an injured player in that Monday night game, you have pieces that you can pivot to if they are in fact out. Uh, someone like Mosinu over the course of of your season long games. All right, so let's close it out talking some DFS top plays. Uh, our poll over there on Twitter uh, has uh, continued on where Jared Goff at 35%, Baker Mayfield uh, drops to third at 27%. Joe Flacco jumps up to second place at 29%. Brock Osweiler way back at 9%. Two write-in votes, one for uh, C.J. Beathard. Uh, saying that uh, price tag's great, but game script is perfect versus a broken Rams D. Uh, and then uh, Mick at XOS Red uh, says uh, Bortles. Uh, I cannot trust Blake Bortles, but from, again, a, a fantasy DFS perspective, uh, throwing that dart I, I don't see as being the worst thing. C.J. Beathard's an interesting call here, just price point-wise, and and the fact that the Rams, defense is going, uh, Rams offense is going to be up. Uh, you know they're going to score points themselves. Beathard's going to have to throw to chase uh, and try to keep San Francisco in this one. There's been some issues with the L.A. secondary uh, over the course of the season. Do you think Beathard could have a good game here this weekend, George? I think it's a viable point. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball early and often to keep up with the Rams because the, the, the Niners secondary is not going to be able to stop Goff. You know, Goff is at 6,600, and I think uh, Beathard's at 4,800. So I can certainly see it, but there are a host of other quarterbacks. Quarterback is loaded. It's loaded for fantasy. It's loaded for DFS. I mean, it's just there. I mean, Goff at 6,600. Cousins, 6,400. Uh, Mayfield, 5,800 against Tampa Bay. Hard not to like him this week. Uh, Trubisky, 5,600 against New England. Can't stop anybody. I do agree about Bortles at 5,200. These are all guys you could throw in there. Donald at 4,900. And Minnesota's had problems in the passing game. So uh, I understand what they're going with with uh, Beathard, 4,800. That he's got to throw the ball left and right because they're going to be trailing. I just don't know if I trust him enough to do that. Not with all these other quarterbacks I mentioned here. But that being said... You know, if you're playing multiple lineups, odds are I will have him at one. I generally go with a lineup with a whole bunch of guys who are, you know, that I would be lower owned who might hit it big. Yep, right there with you. So uh, lots of pieces uh, from quarterback play, typically looking to stack with somebody, uh, whether a receiving running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. Over on FanDuel, you've seen uh, pretty much any lineup you want to get together from their pricing has been pretty soft all season long. So uh, not as much correlation over there as you can get some stars into each spot uh, where stacking isn't nearly as important as it is over on DraftKings or isn't nearly as uh, used as, as it is on DraftKings. Uh, let's move on. Running backs, who are some of your top plays this week, George? Well, Latavius Murray. He's only at five thousand because they didn't, uh, you know, he's he's lower priced because of the we thought Dalvin Cook might play. He's someone I'm certainly going to be looking at there. Uh, no choice. Uh, Nick Chubb, of course, same thing, of course. But everybody in their mother is going to start Nick Chubb. 
So uh, you got to realize that you're not going to get true value there because everyone's going with them. So uh, you might want to think twice about that. Uh, I like Marlon Mack as well, 4,400. I think he'll get his opportunities, but getting into the end zone. That's why I'm always worried about him. You just don't know he's going to get in the end zone because of what's going on. And Peyton Barber, 3,800? I mean, that's almost a gift. So he's another guy I'm probably going to have in quite a few lines. By the way, I mentioned Nick Chubb, 3,600. Like I said, we're all going to have Nick Chubb in our lineup. Yeah, you're you're gonna see pretty high ownership uh, in that matchup for sure uh, for Chubb. Uh, I Peyton Barber's one that I wonder if people have soured on enough over the course of the season that they just won't go uh, with that matchup. Uh, obviously, that's one that could fail. I don't think it's a slam dunk, but uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, have uh, definitely struggled. At times against the rush, 24th in DVOA over there on Football Outsiders, uh, a stark comparison to their third pass rank. Um, so one to consider in that matchup. And that's a game I'll probably heavily stack. Uh, already built a lineup with a bunch of pieces from from that one. Not surprisingly, that's going to be on a lot of people's radars. But it's it's where you pivot in the other spots that will really matter. Uh, wide receivers, I love, uh, men- made mention before, uh, Thielen and Jermaine Curse are two of my first into a bunch of lineups this week. I think that's a high-scoring game, and they're going to get a ton of targets. Mike Evans, obviously, on the other side of that Tampa Bay-Cleveland game. And then you talk about Jarvis Landry, Landry in that same one. Uh, as you build out a uh, line of construction, you get into Stefan Diggs, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins uh, will continue to be somebody worthwhile. Uh, I do think uh, some of the Detroit wide receivers could be intriguing this week. Uh, and then you get into the cheaper end of the pool, and you talk about a Godwin or a Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and uh, maybe some of those pieces, if you are considering someone like C.J. Beathard, uh, maybe it is a Goodwin uh, sort of week for you. But uh, what, what do you like at wide out there, George? I mean, the Jets are going to be without half their secondary, maybe more than half. It's I'm, I don't know if I could pay eighty six hundred for Thielen, but he's going to have another big game. Maybe I, uh, I if I want a Minnesota Viking, maybe I have to go to uh, Stephon Diggs and pay seventy two hundred there. We mentioned. Think of all the quarterbacks you like. Well, you better think about their wide receivers. Uh, if you like Goff, maybe you want to pay seven thousand for Woods. Uh, I would pay seven thousand for Woods more than seventy one hundred for Can- uh, for Canucks. Uh, get hockey on the mind for Cooks. <laughs> I'll save them. I don't. I don't know where that came from, man. The Canucks. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but maybe you want to save money there. We can go on and on. I agree with you about the Detroit guys. Uh, I mentioned Alshon Jeffries catching touchdowns there. I like Galladay a lot. You know, uh, six thousand uh, on DraftKings. I think he's uh, in play for this week. Uh, there, there are always guys when it comes to wide receivers. But uh, do you believe in going for the hookup? Where if you're going to start, you know, golf, you're going that you're looking for the you're automatically going to start at least one Ram receiver. And let me ask you a question: And will you have a stack league where you're going to stack? Uh, I guess I'll ask you the same question: How much is a stack for you? If you're going to stack, let's say we'll stick with the Rams. Are you going to stack four Rams, five Rams? How much is a stack, and how many? How many? How high will you go for the same? Uh, as far as the amount of players on the same team? Yeah, I think uh, we jokingly uh, use the term onslaught for for that, where you're going with four or five offensive players from the same team, and then you bring back one or two on the other side. So you know, Browns. Uh, Tampa Bay or even talk about the Rams uh, and San Francisco, uh, you could talk about Gurley, Woods, Goff, um, and maybe Cup, but I, I don't know if I'd go to the fourth wide receiver there. And then on the other side, uh, Goodwin and Breda, right? And so you're, you're just going full game stack. Um, I don't go above four players from one game. Um, I don't know that there are any numbers out there that support going to five. Uh, sorry, uh, from one team, not from one game. Um, obviously, game stacks will get you there. So from Cleveland, if I'm going Mayfield, I'll probably go Mayfield, Landry, 
and Juku and then Chubb's cheap enough. Obviously, he's going to be really highly owned um, that then I'd pivot on the other side to an Evans um, or Deshaun Jackson. And then my other spots are where I'm differentiating, right? I know all of those players are going to be highly owned. It's one of the highest over-unders of the day. They're all going to be projected to have big games because the defenses they're playing against suck. Um, But I'll take then um, one-offs from other games, like Kelvin Benjamin, you know, as as a one-off, as a potential dart throw to really differentiate that lineup um, and understand my ownership across most of the positions are going to be in in the double digits, if not highly in the double digits, uh, and then take uh, some shots at some really low-owned guys in in different spots. So to answer your question, I go no more than four on a single team, um, but uh, that's simply just my the way I construct lineups. Uh, there are some good write-ups out there um, on previous results that have won in these larger field tournaments uh, and how game stacks work out. Guys can Google it and, and find some stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm big on that uh, Tampa Bay Cleveland game as is everybody. I do think that uh, you're going to find some, some merit in that CJ Bether call. I think uh, I have to find the, the username. There are a lot of numbers at the end of it. Jesse five, one, four, three, three, eight, four, four, maybe a Russian bot. I don't know, but um he he's on CJ Beathard, so so they're taking over fantasies um, now too. <laughs> exactly. Any uh, final thoughts on this week, George? Anything that? Uh, what's your favorite game this week? What what's the game you're looking most forward to watching? Uh, as a Cowboy fan, I think the Cowboy Washington game is a good game, but I think the game of the week, uh, as far as the Sunday day slate, is uh, New Orleans and Baltimore. It's a game of uh, two different kinds of teams. Uh, New Orleans on the road, always uh, a different animal there. Uh, Baltimore, are they for real? How are they going to put up against a, a good team? So I'm curious to see that game. Other than that, I mean, listen, New England-Chicago, Chicago laid an egg against Miami last week. So you're curious to see how they come out, especially if Khalil Max not at 100% here. And uh, Carolina-Philadelphia, another good NFC solid game here that I'm curious about. I don't think there are any great games, you know, where it must see. I think it's a kind of a week where, uh, as far as the uh, the package, I'll be flipping over to, uh, to, you know, pretty much every commercial going to a different game. There's no, no one I'm dying to see. Uh, the game of the, I guess, the day is probably Cincinnati uh, against the Chiefs because I expect 60 points to be scored, 65, 70. Cha-ching. Wow. Yep, that is for sure. And to quote directly from uh, Evan Silva, uh, the Ravens have sun- surrendered just six touchdown passes in six games while holding five of six opponents to 14 points or fewer, allowing just 12 points in their last 11 quarters. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, see what that defense can do against Drew Brees, and I may play some Ravens D this week at 2400 over there on DraftKings. Uh, thanks so much to Sean Angle behind the glass. Uh, thanks to George. As always, find him the rest of the way here on FNTSY. College football today coming up next. Be sure to stay tuned for that. We're back next week with Week 8 Analysis. Thanks so much for listening to Fantasy Sports Today. For George Kurtz, this is Dan Trapper saying enjoy your Saturday.